Welcome. This is Ram Forward, a weekly podcast about the Los Angeles Rams. Hosted by two guys in California and Florida, it's LA Rams coast to coast. I'm Forrest Kelly from Southern California. And I'm Mark LZ Rams from Northeast Florida. And we are talking about the Rams opening game, the NFL's opening game, Thursday night game. That will be September 8th. And the Rams and the Bills go at it. Everybody is talking about a Super Bowl preview. For me personally, the first game, I am just too nervous to really analyze the game and to really break it down. I'm just hoping that nobody gets hurt, really. But once right. the you know once the season progresses, then you know I, I can get into the analytical parts. But how about you? What's your viewpoint? Well, you're right. It's the first game of the season. The last time we saw the Bills, they blew a game in the divisional round against the Chiefs with horrible secondary play. Um, we know they're a good team, but they really should have been in the AFC Championship game uh, instead of the uh, the Chiefs, but it didn't work out that way. So, you know, we don't even really know what the Rams team is going to look like. So we have really no idea what the Bills team is going to look like. I'm sure Sean McVay has scouted the team, and, you know, you know from some of the players from last year. But the first game of the year, it's like a blank slate. The Rams should have their game plan. As long as they execute, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, and the, the last time the two teams met, um, you know, the Rams got a horrible pass interference call in the end zone, and they made right. that great comeback, and, and they should have really won that game. But, hey, you know, it's the refs, and they called uh, pass interference, so they yeah. gave the Bills another chance. I remember that game. It was Darius Williams, yep. and I don't think the refs were going to throw the flag. The ball hit the ground, and it was like this second of silence, and Darius Williams put up his hands up like, it wasn't me, and I think that that made the refs say, well, it is you, and they threw the flag on him, and that extended the drive, and we ended up losing the game. So, yeah, I'm sure that that still stands out. Of course, Darius Williams isn't on the team anymore, but uh, you know, we did make that big comeback against the Bills, and that's probably still on people's minds that one call was seemed like a, a rough call but as you say that's how it goes you know the rams have got uh, we were talking earlier about the offensive line you know they've got uh, three new faces kind of switching things around on the offensive line but uh you know bobby wagner is you know the big free agent that they signed to the big contract and then uh, alan robinson um and riley dixon the punter but is there some new players that uh, you're looking forward to seeing how they perform it's really Allen Robinson. I mean, I was sorry to see Robert Woods leave. He was a great player for us. He could do it all. He could run. He could catch. He could block. But Allen Robinson is going to be a red zone threat. He's a big guy, tall, strong arms, strong hands. You know, when you get down inside the 10-yard line, there's a big difference between punching it in for seven and settling for, you know, red zone field goals. And I think we're going to see a lot of balls where um, Stafford just throws the ball up in the end, in the corner of the end zone and Allen Robinson's going to go up, outleap the defender, and pull in the ball for a touchdown. I think he was obtained specifically for his red zone prowess and to get more touchdowns rather than field goals. So hopefully we'll – because that's what you hate to see. You hate to see the team move the ball up and down the field, then they get to the eight- or nine-yard line, and they bog down, and they have to kick a field goal. So they have to get touchdowns, and I think Allen Robinson is going to be the main guy for that this year. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Sean McVay uh, talked about that, and he's excited about Allen Robinson. 
I think just another playmaker. Is he a guy that um, can be able to play all over the formation, very similar to other great players that, that you've seen from the receiver position with us. Um, he can go down the field. He can catch intermediate. He can create after the catch. And so really conscientious. He's a pro's pro. He's got a real uh, great demeanor and disposition in the meeting room, handles himself great out on the field. He's really coachable. One of my favorite things about him is if something doesn't go exactly the way we want, he's the first to take that extreme ownership, that accountability that we love. But I'm really excited about having him uh, you know, be a big part of our offense this year. This guy has had an excellent career. He's averaged over a 17-game career, about 1,070 yards, playing for the Jaguars and the Bears. These are lousy teams with lousy offenses and lousy quarterbacks. He would average 1,077 for a 17-game season on those teams. Imagine on a Sean McVay offense with Matt Stafford. So I expect 1,400 yards and at least 10 touchdowns from him this year. The guy that I'm looking forward to, and in, in not for the, you know, uh, kind of an odd reason, is the uh, Rams punter, Riley Dixon. Not so much that he, of his performance, but uh, actually I'm kind of going to miss Johnny Hecker and his ability to pass and to, right. you know, throw that pass. That was always in the back of the mind. So every time there was a punt going on, it's like, I don't, I don't know how Riley Dixon, if he ever played quarterback in college or anything, but... Right, you're right. Johnny Hecker, he was a threat. I think if you look at his statistics, he converted those fake punts more often than not. Yeah. And, and another thing he was great at was those, he would kick the ball and kick it with backspin, like a golf shot. So the ball, would, instead of hitting and bounding into the end zone, it would hit and bounce straight up and, and stay out of the end zone doing that. So even though his yards per kick average kind of declined over the years, he still had other skills. But he was, I think, a a salary cap casualty. And Riley Dixon probably can kick at the same distance, but I don't think he has the passing ability or the coffin corner ability that Hecker had. But, you know, that remains to be seen. Tell me about uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Well, when you talk about the Bills, the first guy who comes to mind, of course, is Josh Allen. The consensus in the NFL is that the top passer in the AFC is Patrick Mahomes. And then after that, you got a bunch of guys jockeying for number two would be Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow. You know, those are the three that come to mind. So he's in the upper echelon. And not only does he have perhaps the best arm of any quarterback in the NFL, he's a great runner. He had 763 rushing yards in 2021. So he can extend plays. You, He's going to be, if he's running outside the pocket, he can throw on the run. He's a real threat. He's yeah. a, you know, a top flight quarterback and they're going to, he single-handedly can win the game. Just like Matthew Stafford for us can single-handedly win the game. Josh Allen, can, he's one of, there's only a handful of quarterbacks who can take the team on their back and win. And he's one of them. And he's got Stefan Diggs, who's a true number one, maybe not as good as Cooper Cup, but is still quite a, a good receiver. And they also have Gabriel Davis, who, as you recall, scored four touchdowns in the divisional playoff game against the Chiefs. So He's obviously dangerous. So our cornerbacks are going to have to be on the ball. And it'll be interesting to see whether Raheem Morris plays that soft zone coverage that he played most of last year, or if he's going to put Jalen Ramsey on digs most of the time. So I'm interested to see what the uh, what the scheme is there to try to shut down the passing attack that way. You mentioned uh, about Josh Allen being a great runner. I hate to spring it on you, but um, I heard a statistic today that um, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, who has more running touchdowns? Well, I guess it's probably Josh Allen. Yeah, 
And it, I think he's got uh, 10 or 11 more rushing touchdowns. And, you know, it's funny because Lamar Jackson, you hear, oh, he's a running quarterback. You know, he's got to really make a better uh, – he's got to become a better pocket passer and all of this right. stuff. And it's like, what? He's not even the most prolific runner well, because, running quarterback. Because Josh Allen, when he gets down to the one-yard line, he doesn't slide. He plows ahead like a fullback. He senses that goal line. He wants to score. He's a tough guy. He's going to be a, a dual threat, and he's going to be a real challenge for the Rams. Do you have a, a feel of how it's going to go on Thursday? I, I think that, well, the, the Bills running back, their number one running back is Devin Singletary. He's a good back, but he's not scary good like uh, Derrick Henry or some others. So I expect Ashawn Robinson, Bobby Wagner, and Ernie, Ernest Jones to do a pretty good job controlling the run which means that it's going to fall on Josh Allen. And you know, we don't have to worry about Jalen Ramsey. He's the best in the business back there. So we got we brought back Troy Hill after a year's hiatus in Cleveland. And we have David Long and Robert Rochelle. So really, it's going to depend upon how well those three guys play. Ramsey is a given. He plays well every game. So it's, a, it's really going to depend upon how the other three cornerbacks are able to, to cover uh, the Bills' receivers because I think Allen's going to have to win this game. I don't think they're... The Bills are going to be able to beat us on the ground this this time around. I think they're going to have to beat us through the air. So I, hopefully they'll play some combination of press coverage, some combination of soft zone, and just try try to keep them out of the end zone. Give them field goals but not touchdowns. That's often the difference between winning and losing is which teams get the touchdowns in the red zone and which teams have to settle for field goals. Do you think that uh, in the preseason they could not get the running game going at all? And well, do you think that they it's going to change? Well, in the preseason, we didn't see Daryl Henderson, Kyron Williams, or Cam Akers. So we saw Funk and a few other guys who aren't going to be on the team. So the preseason, you know, it's fun to watch because we're starved for football, but it really doesn't mean very much. The good, the players that are locks to make the roster don't even sniff the field under Sean McVay. So this, I think this is going to be a good one-two punch. Cam Akers, I'm very high on Daryl Henderson. I think he's an underrated player. He catches passes out of the backfield. He's got a 4.5 career yards per carry average. He's a good blocker. When OBJ went down in the Super Bowl, a lot of people don't realize it was Daryl Henderson lining up at wide receiver for a lot of plays and making and making plays to extend drives. So I think Cam Akers will be the number one back, but I think we'll see a lot of Daryl Henderson. He can do it all, and it really depends upon the the pass, the uh, the run blocking. We've got a new uh, left tackle in Joe Nopum. We've got a new right guard in um, Coleman Shelton. So we're going to have to see how those guys perform. But it's, this is really going to come down to Matthew Stafford versus Josh Allen. The Rams have too much firepower with Cup and Higby and Allen Robinson and Skoranek and Atwell. They're going to want to throw the ball all over the field. And the, the Bills secondary is not that great. I expect the, the Rams will run to set up play action, but mainly we're going to see Stafford throw the ball 35, 40 times. And I think they're going to move the ball mainly through the air. In this audio clip from Sean McVay, he's certainly happy that uh, the preseason is over and that Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson have recovered from their soft tissue injuries. They've had a really good week. I uh, like the way that Daryl, Cam, um, obviously Kyron and Jake have been available, but it's been great getting those two guys out there with a the consistent workload. I went on uh, Turf Show Times earlier today, and uh, I saw your comment on uh, Ben Skoranek. <laughs> what did you say? Well, we call him the moose uh, for a couple reasons. One, 
Well, his last name starts with Scourin. If you remember the old Yankee first baseman from the 60s, Bill Moose Scourin. So yeah, yeah. he's got the same name. And also, so that's in a positive way, but also kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way, he kind of has hooves for hands. If you remember last year, he missed a short touchdown pass in the NFC Championship oh, game yep. against the 49ers. He missed it. And then in the Super Bowl, a ball went off his hands and carried into a Bengals defender for an interception. So hopefully you know, over the in the offseason, he's been working with the jugs machine. I did read that he was working with the jugs machine. He was known for having good hands when he was in college. So I'm just assuming that the, the poor hands was just because rookie jitters. And that if, if he's a, a lock to make the team because he didn't play in the preseason, he must have improved his his catch rate or he, he wouldn't be the number three. I believe he's scheduled to be the he may very well be starting with Van Jefferson out as a number three wide receiver tomorrow night. So hopefully he's traded in those hooves for hands and uh, yeah. maybe can shed the name moves for next year. <laughs> do, you, did, uh, do you see Tutu Atwell uh, getting in the game at all? Well, I call him Chitarius, which is his real first name. I I know that's his nickname, but you know, a tutu is a uh, isn't that a dress for people doing for ballerinas? ballerinas? Yeah, that's not much of a, yeah. a name. We're thinking about calling him Rocky or something <laughs> more befitting uh, in the NFL. But I see him as I think Skaronic will probably get seventy percent of the snaps at wide receiver number three. Chitarius will get thirty percent. Jet sweeps, bubble screens, hopefully a couple long shots. Because remember, last year at this time we had both Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson as our deep threats. Yep. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Van Jefferson's hurt. Who's going to stretch the defense? Who are they going to worry about? Who's going to get behind the secondary? It's going to have to be Atwell because the other guys, that's not their game. Cup has a great skill set, but he's not really an over-the-top guy. Neither is Allen Robinson. Certainly, Skoranek isn't. But Atwell, hopefully we'll see a couple over-the-top. Even if they're incomplete, just knowing that the threat is there, that he can get behind the secondary, the safeties have to play back, and that'll open up the intermediary routes for the rest of the receivers. So I'm uh, I'm hoping that the uh, Rams obviously uh, pull it off. So just to recap everything, your keys t- for the Rams to win on Thursday night? All right. Well, in my opinion, we have the better roster, the better head coach, and we're playing at home. So if we bring our A game, we'll win. What we have to avoid, you know, what causes good teams to lose? Penalties. That's always a big bugaboo. Second one, probably the worst, is turnovers. We saw last year Matt Stafford, even though he had a great year, he did lead the NFL in interceptions. He's got to control the ball better, protect the ball. Cam Akers is prone to fumbling. He's got to protect the ball. No turnovers. Three, what I mentioned before, settling for red zone field goals. I hate 30-yard field goals with a passion. You get the ball down inside the 10-yard line, you got to punch it in. Like I said, look for Rallen Robinson as the uh, the big red zone target. Four special teams gaffes. Remember the Lions game where they converted a fake punt and an onside kick? Our special teams better be awake for that. And the last one is if Sean McVay becomes too predictable. Sometimes he gets into that mode where he just passes straight back, play after play after play. He needs to get the run going to set up play action. Uh, he needs to roll the pocket, throw some screens, some draws, mix it up a little bit. And um, okay, final point: Sean McVay is five and zero in season openers. He's never lost as a head coach. I think he'll make it six and zero, and I think the Rams will win thirty-one twenty-four. Horns up, baby! Go Rams!